I always like shoes that are for women or children. I are these are these your words? You're saying this for yeah, reasons of why? Yeah, I just like I'm looking at shoes. I'm like, oh, that's a neat pair of shoes. I'd like to have those. Oh, they're children's shoes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I agree. Children's shoes. That too? Yeah, usually children's shoes. They're so they got the coolest shoes. Yeah. They have the light up ones, which I know Brian somehow found in an adult size. Those ones. are dope. My wife found found that for me. Um, I like those, but then like I don't want them to be too kid shoes, but I do want them to have the light-up feature. <laughs> is that too much to ask? Right? Yeah, this is exactly Have it. you ever seen the movie Blockers? No. Yeah. With uh, John Cena. John Cena, yeah. And uh, he goes to, like, a high school prom, and then there's this, like, Asian kid breakdancer with the exact light-up shoes that I have, and it's like, <laughs> I'm not wearing these shoes anymore. <laughs> Hilarious. So good. I haven't got any exercise today, so I'm going to walk the whole time. We're doing oh, my this God. Are you still in a competition? Nope. No. But I, I And think. I always go on these vacations where I sh- would be crushing yeah, you. Yeah, you would have crushed it. And forget to challenge you. Here we go. Indoor walk for one hour. Today on the Geek Out Podcast, a face mask attachment which transcribes what you say and can also translate it into eight languages. Wow. We've got a trailer for the new Save by the Bell series, and it's a little cringy. Hey, why did I get this one? <laughs> you know why. Bayside Tiger Things hey, Forever. I mean, dude. I meant to say, hey, 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 what oh, is going on here? No, no. I don't get that reference. <laughs> I watched a thing, and I read a thing, and I'll review and recommendation thing. <laughs> And Tom Hanks is in early negotiations for a role in the upcoming Pinocchio movie. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zell's Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Geek Out podcast. This is episode 97, not 96, it says on your cue sheet, because I wasn't here last week and numbers, I failed math nine, so it's actually 97. We record this on Tuesday, August 11th, 2020. We are... Together again, we are in person again. Uh, we happen to be recording in a nice studio this time. Kirsten, this is going to be very distracting if you're just going to yeah. be walking in place the that entire time everybody that we're recording. Else get up and also walk in place. I don't think so. <laughs> oh no, Brian's like moving and dancing. Yeah, would it help if there was like some music and then there was a reason for me to be moving strut. so much? There's Kirsten. no way that you're closing loops by doing this. Yeah, man, I'll tell you after. I'm doing an indoor walk. So far, I've burned three calories. <laughs> three calories. <laughs> Paul looks so indignant that right is now. So baloney. I'm so glad we're not. <laughs> yeah, what are you oh my about? god, we're not if in a competition like, right now. If I was on a treadmill right now, this is how it would be walking, right? No. Yeah, that's how I try to work. You're strutting. I don't think that's walking. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to get my knees. You're up. not oh, even. You're just like shifting back and forth. No, I'm walking. <laughs> This is how it works. This is how a treadmill works. Anyways, I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesday. That's not how a treadmill works. Show me how a treadmill works. If I go to a gym and they're like, hey, have you got top-of-the-line treadmills? And they're like, no, just stand on the floor and walk back and forth and do this. I'd be like, this is hardly worth $65 a month, good sir. Will you put Brian's stuff over here? I can get on an incline. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. I'm DJ Boitano. You can hear me doing the mixtape. You can hear me on air on the weekends. You can always hear me. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's nice to hear you, actually. <laughs> I've almost, you know, yeah, yeah. Now, a oh, couple geez. of things here. What did you things. promise us? One, I, I had a few thoughts, and I'm bummed that Art isn't here right now because I have the biggest chirps for him for last week's pod. <laughs> Number one, uh, great that he was filling in on mornings. Was he filling in on the moon? <laughs> Why does his audio sound so much worse than you and Caleb last week? Oh, dear. It yeah. was noticeably <laughs> horrible. I'm not. I am chirping him, but I know this was your fault, it was wasn't it, fault. Carson? Well, it was uh, because our production studio that we recorded that in only has two mics. And, of course, I didn't know this when we invited Caleb in. And uh, I was like, how, how do we work at a radio station? And we can't just put a third mic in. <laughs> but you can't. So we had to get Chris, our roadie, to like set some a little box thing up and I guess that little box thing doesn't have like any of the nice like makes your voice sound nice filters right. in it. Because you and Caleb sounded yeah, like really better than we yeah. usually sound. We were on the, really good. We they sounded the, like you had to make your voice nice filter on. We were on the studio mm-hmm. mics and I did a little like production to it. I was like, well, yeah. I want to be so fancy. I'm going to do production. And I did the whole episode and I was like, oh, we sound so good. But I was, <laughs> I obviously only heard the parts with me and Caleb because I started you were ignoring art even while editing (laughs) because I started listening to it in my car and I was like oh no is this the whole time there were parts depending on what speaker I listened to it was like you like I'm Kirsten James I'm Caleb Kirby and then I just hear the Charlie Brown adult it wasn't that bad but it was the other thing I loved we tried from, from art last week was he spent the first, I would say, three quarters of that podcast, like, derailing it and, like, angrily muttering was mostly his contribution last week. Because he was so tired. I get it. And then it was somewhere in the last quarter and I, like, audibly laughed out loud because then he tells you to, like, hurry up and get it together or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She has been so patient with you this whole cast yep. because he's been like, oh my god, he would, he would just, yeah, take it in different directions than the conversation was going, like shut things down. It was hilarious because then at the end he was like, come on, Carson, get this thing together. Well, I kind of wish that he had hosted it because. Like, how would that have gone? <laughs> well, and then oh. the climax of the thing was him with the Black Widow trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad he saved that for the end, too. <laughs> you and Caleb were in the middle of, like, a conversation, and out of nowhere, you were talking about something different, too. Yeah. And out of nowhere, he was like, we didn't mention the Black Widow trailer! That was so <laughs> funny. That was just a sign of... You know what it was a sign of? I know you guys were under pressure to get the heck out of that room because mm-hmm. Jason needed in for an interview. We're not generally on a time crunch, but you guys recorded on a different day, and Jason had the next hour booked, and so I know you guys were <laughs> zippity doo But that was just like, it was so funny to find out after because Caleb says, like, no, I'm pretty sure th- that was in the last trailer. Yeah. And of course, I'm thinking this too, but I'm like, okay, yeah. we need to wrap it up. Let's just let Art describe this trailer to us. Wow. And then, yeah, it... it well, and <laughs> when, then when you after put your, the podcast. When you put your Kirsten from the future bit in, it made the rest of it that sound was so much fun. Yes, definitely, definitely. So I, I'm sorry. Like, I would have had these chirps right to his face because they're, and I know it's because of his, 
extra tiredness. I've been there, and he did another. He did between the stammers that day as well. Yeah, right? he had a double okay. header. So a morning show, two pods. That's a big day. But I just thought it was so funny. Oh God. Anyways, Miss Yard, you love you, buddy. <laughs> love to Kobe. I'm Kirsten and James. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if we're ever going to get this under control. <clears throat> this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, I talked about something being made by a Japanese startup. Uh, the, the company name is Fantastic Donut Robotics. <laughs> and they have made a product called the Sea Mask. No, wait. The C, uh, what is it? Seaface. Seaface, thank you. The Seaface Smart Mask. So this isn't a mask necessarily, but it's meant so you string the, the ear loops of an actual mask um, underneath it. And so it sits over top. of your. So now you've got a mask and then you've got a Seaface. And it has Bluetooth in it and a microphone. And then when you speak underneath the mask, it will translate or transcribe what you say to an app on your phone but they can also translate from japanese into english chinese korean vietnamese indonesian spanish or french wow. wait a minute wait a minute Waiting this a minute. is not what this thing should be <laughs> because it's c face like the letter c mm-hmm. which makes me think that they're trying to be clever that you can see the person's face <gasps> oh, oh that's brilliant i never even thought about that but i thought it was like covid it, face but that's not what uh. it is it's that it's trans like a babblefish in your mouth yes <laughs> Which is sweet because I don't know that thing that uh, that uh, movie that your book that you're talking Both, about. Yes, yes, yeah, right. Hitchhiker's Guide. Yes. So you do know. I know it, but whatever. But <laughs> I I know it from Star Trek is the universal translator mm-hmm. that like these put up to your ear, or then eventually I think it gets like implanted in your brain, and you can and hear every but single. But wait, so it just, but I just love it. I, I this is such a wonderful science fiction prospect of. Yeah. Something that can translate in real time. And I know that we're getting closer and closer all the time. All kinds of apps that can do it wonderfully. Um, Google Translate, I think, whatever, right? And they want to sell you even... There's even devices, specific things that really quickly, if you're traveling, will... Like, they're built for that. It's better yeah, than just Yeah, there are a lot app. of specialized devices, definitely. Right. So this is really cool. They did this into a mask, I guess. But one of the reasons I brought this up, I mean, A, this is being made in Japan for Japan, so they got 5,000 of them coming to Japan in September. It's not uh, it's not an everybody thing. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago I talked about this LED mouth shape making mask. Um, and neither of these things are good for people who need to lip read to, you know, to see what people are saying. Right. So that's why the transcription thing is great, but we're not getting that. But on the Geek Out I talked about, I basically reminded everybody that you generally have this on your phone. There's probably a microphone icon on your on-screen keyboard, mm-hmm. and you have a notepad thing. And I was just suggesting that if you ever have problems communicating with someone, take out your phone, start the transcription in your notepad app, say the thing, and then turn and hold the screen to the person. For them to read. For them to read, yeah. I, like, uh, I just think that would be a nice courtesy for people to keep in the back of their heads. Uh, because, yeah, sometimes even people of regular hearing cannot hear between layers of masks and plexiglass oh so. my god it's put, put it on the list of things that are horrible about this stupid pandemic but the like uh mask plexiglass mask face shield sometimes right yeah. like disconnect between me and my cashier or server or whatever and I'm just trying to get out as quickly as possible. I'm just trying to finish this transaction yeah. and get my stupid virus-laden lungs out of your space, you know. 
worker who's just yeah. trying to live and work. Um, and and having to be like, what? Sorry. And I always didn't want to like pull my mask down. And be like, what? Right, oh, exactly, right. which like, doesn't help. Defeats yeah. the purpose. Or can I duck the plexiglass? That sucks. So good for this. Um, so this, like, why, why a mask? Why an app? Why not just talking to your phone like exists right now? That's, I think, exactly what I just said in the last minute. But okay. um, uh, yes, good point. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. But why? <laughs> but why? Why a mask? Well, why, it, uh, convenience, I suppose. Right now. Oh, it's, I, I get it. it. It's like Google Glasses. It's useless. Oh my goodness! Wow. Dang. You wear mask places, don't you? We all wear masks, Stanley. Whoa. Kirsten James on the frickin' fire today. Dang. What is? Good gracious me, oh my. In Geek News. I think I wrote this as... The Wachowski sisters finally confirm. It was mostly Lily who's attached to this upcoming uh, Matrix 4 movie. Has confirmed what The Matrix was about all along, and that is the experience of being transgender. Wow. And um, when you look back, it's like, uh, what are they, the signs and the hints or whatever, in the sixth sense. They actually had like a documentary thing where it's like, look for the, you know, the signs, the hints or the clues or the, you know, whatever. Subliminal message. When you look back, it ain't no subliminal. It is really? right freaking there. Okay, so like what then? Okay, so the red, blue and the, the red pill and the blue pill yeah. um, are like hormone therapy. In the 90s, prescription estrogen literally came in the form of a red pill. Whoa. Um, Neo has, you know, Thomas A. Anderson. He, ha- he literally has a disparate names and personalities between night and day. And the agents represent transphobia, where the, the, the splinter in Neo's mind, where he knows something is wrong with the world, that represents gender dysphoria. Because oh. you will notice that the well, maybe not all the agents. I don't know if the other agents do any speaking, but um, Agent Smith always refers to Neo as Mister Anderson, right. which in these days we would we would know as a dead name or the name that you were given at birth before you choose your own name. Right. In the original script, Switch, coolest character, would have been male in the real world. What's a Switch? Switch is one of the... But which one? Oh, uh, the short, blonde, spiky hair, gun, listen up, copper top. Mm-hmm. From the first movie? Yeah. Is it a uh, girl or a boy? Well, would yeah. have been a male in the real world and a female in The Matrix. I don't remember this character. What? <laughs> she's the one the that... Like, not like this. Oh, she, gets, she gets her... She's one of the ones that gets killed by uh, oh, her yeah. being oh, her in her yeah. yeah, yeah. I like, just by the way... Um, all those like late '90s, early 2000s movies. If there's a female in them, they have short blonde cut hair like that. That's <laughs> not wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, oh. sorry. So to say this again, so switch in the real world would have been male. Okay. And then would have switched to be female in the Matrix. Wow. Oh. Belinda McClory, who played the part, only auditioned for Switch's Matrix form, but Warner Brothers, in their large corporate let's not yeah, walk those lines uh, decided that uh, she would be female throughout oh. which is why the character is fairly played play, played fairly androgynously in the actual the um, yeah exactly yeah. Two other interesting things of note: uh, the opening and closing scenes, where you see what the Matrix sees with their, with the what the agents see when they're trying to trace the call. It literally says "call trans 
opt received. Like trans is one of the first words you see wow. at the beginning and the end of the movie. And at the end, wow. where they're trying to trace Neo, but he is the Matrix, so they can't trace him anymore. It's all the numbers and, and then everything glitches and you got system failure, this big thing of system failure in the middle of the screen. And just because it's the Matrix, it zooms you know, into those words and right through those words. System, last letter is an M. Failure, first letter is an F. The camera goes right between those two words, right M between M, M and F. Ah! Right between the, uh, gender binary, you know? Wow. The signs are incredible to see with you know these lenses they were always there wow i got hither to therefore thusly wow. yeah what's that guy that. who's that now what's that yeah what, what's the what architect you, yeah what's the oh architect? that was the third movie that doesn't no. so only the first matrix is about transgender people yeah the third movie is about being confusing yeah that's interesting i wonder if obviously the wachowskis wrote this with this in mind something they've been dealing with going through their entire lives yeah it wasn't public at that point <laughs> right but it so they do but it just it turned out to be be one of the greatest dystopian robots right. take over the world movies. So ever much is made, borrowed is, from that, you know. Yeah, always. Like, it's kind of like a almost a science fiction trope. They just happen to do it in a really cool modern way. Yeah. yeah. And so I wonder. Probably those things aren't in the second and third one because they were like, "Quick, make sequels." Fair enough. Probably not. And like I, I didn't really analyze the second and third. I, I should, uh, and I would be curious to see yeah. if that is a thing. However, I'm pretty sure you're right. It was probably just like, "Let's make more money." Right. Um, wow. Yeah. That's so neat. I'm gonna watch those movies because that movie like that. was 1999, yeah. and uh, Lana, who was Larry Wachowski, came out in 2012, and then Lily, who was Andy. Uh, four years later in 2016. Um, so they had this, they were dealing with those those uh, feelings back then sure. and mm -hmm. obviously put them into the movie as amazing signals that were always there, but we only notice them now. It's so cool. Oh, wow. What a neat thing. That would have been an like the characters switch being male in yes. the world and female. That yes. would have been an amazing thing to add. Absolutely. To and at the time, we probably only would have seen it as, oh, that's their name, Switch. But at the same time, too, is like because that almost further emphasizes um, what makes the whole idea and the concept of the Matrix so cool is that you have your residual self-image. Residual self-image, absolutely. Right? And your, oh. if your residual self-image is a female... You know, yeah, great. Like, and that would have been awesome. I, it's, it's, this is it's not were... surprising, but it, you know, but it is kind of shitty that Warner Brothers. It is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, this is your residual self image. This is the image that the Matrix gave you, Thomas A. Anderson. But mm. you know your own real name, Neo. Same thing. Switch female, but in the real so wait, world, switch male. Did Warner Brothers no. know that the Wachowskis? had written this about being transgendered though because if not I don't think anybody did until then, now then why did they care if a character was male in the Matrix and female like too unconventional I would bet yeah yeah. I, I doubt they did it as like an on purpose transphobia they probably did it as just like we don't get it what yeah. why is a girl yeah. and a boy but then the Matrix this movie's already got confusing nobody got it I know yeah. I, uh, yeah. but what do they what? call it systemic right like it's like systemic racism it's just sort of part of the you don't even notice that you're doing it mm -hmm. probably systemic transphobia you know yeah Seems it's too, too bad it's yeah. too bad Captain Marvel 2 has a director Nia DaCosta and uh, what was her really her only other thing one of, one of her Little only other Woods. things also didn't come out too she did uh, the remake of Candyman oh <laughs> which apparently is very good 
but obviously it hasn't come out yet, so I, I can't. Fascinating. But uh, early reviews were that. It was amazing. Cool. So yeah, Captain Marvel 2 uh, has a director. Her name is uh, Nia DaCosta, and she's done, yeah, Little Woods, and apparently the sequel for, for Candyman. She's super young. She's only 30. Yep. Wow. Did young you black. read the article that I had sent? I scanned um, it. <laughs> uh, it's... Uh, and see, I'm now I'm wishing I actually read that article that I sent you because uh, it does have a whole thing about how it's going to fix Carol Dan, like have having her. Uh, there's some sort of reason why having her in the director's chair is going to help fix Carol Danvers' sort of Superman problem. Oh, that would be great. Powerful. Oh, that really? Would be great. Um, but I guess you can Google it or link it to the show notes. To the, the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. I wonder how, well, why or what that may... Yeah, I guess, because what can you really do as a director other than change the entire character? Exactly. Just take it in your own direction. Yeah. Star Wars looking at you. well seriously you know like i think that was one where it was sort of mishandled and if uh you know if you you edge it a little just a little bit to the left or the right to you know to fix the the sort of overpowered problem Mm -hmm. that would probably be probably be better than click it's the second star wars and (laughs) all of a sudden everything is different and nothing that was established in the first one matters so It'll be interesting. She's uh, on this this article that I'm reading here from the Hollywood Reporter. So she is officially going to be the uh, the first um, black woman to officially helm a major theatrical superhero movie. Brilliant! Oh, cool! Brilliant! Good for her. All right. Um, James Wan is developing a new Knight Rider film. Oh, sweet. I know that the Knight Rider theme song is playing right now. Yes, it most certainly is. I like that theme song so much. Oh, is Mr. Feeney is dead, isn't he? Oh, right. Is he dead? I think he died recently. Yeah. I thought they just killed him off in the show. <laughs> no, in the in the the update, the girl meets world, where they're all adults, and it's all about the the kid of Corey Matthews. Yeah, Mr. Feeney was dead there. Oh, because I'm pretty sure the actor is dead in real life. Oh no! Wait, are uh, we talking about Knight Rider? What's happening? Right because now? William Daniels of, was the voice. He played Mr. Okay. Feeney, and he's the voice of the car. Michael. Oh. Yeah, can you hear it? Can you hear it in your head? No. Okay. <laughs> All she can hear is, hello, Mr. Matthews. <laughs> How familiar are you with Knight Rider anyways? I know that his car's name is Kit. And what does that stand for? Um, probably like car with a K. And Actually, then- wait. That's it's right. a, it's car it's with a, a K. No, it's a, that's an initialism, right? Cause you, it's an initialism because you say it like a word, No, Kit? it's an acronym. Okay, initialism so is the one where you would say K-I-T. Okay, so, so it's an acronym. For stands for the night. Car. Night. Car with a K. No, night. Intelligent. No. Night Technology. Industries. No, Night Industries 2000. How did I get all three words wrong? <laughs> and there are four Wait. words. Wait. However, there, oh, wa- two T's there, there was a bad guy car. Oh, what? Oh. You didn't know this? I've never seen an episode of the show. Oh, my God. Oh, you know oh, okay. Either, all I know about Night Rider Hilarious. is... Hilarious. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Night Boat from The Simpsons. No. Oh, my goodness. I've never... Yeah, seriously. It's well, like, apparently, as the oldest guy in the room, it's my time to shine. Yeah, there was uh, one, possibly two episodes where... You know how uh, Kit had that red... Woo, 
Yeah, yeah. Like a Cylon. Yeah, exactly. There was a yellow version. Like mm. a card looked exactly the same. It said there was a yellow light. Was and it, it was, a girl? No, uh-uh. it was. It was had a, a much more evil voice, and it was named Car. It was <laughs> with a K. With a K. Yeah. And that stood for <laughs> Night Automated Roving Robot. Yay. Okay. Because you had to have Kit and Car. Like uh, that show was so great and ridiculous, and I love it with all my Whoa. heart. Was the voice Ben Savage? <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> nice. That would have been so good. Oh, no. uh, yeah, this is such a stupid, stupid idea for a show. Oh, good oh. job, 1980s. A car that talks straight to TV, straight to TV. 20 million viewers every week. 20 million idiots gathered around. There's always a river or a fjord. There's all right with the stupid car that solves crimes. What a stupid idea! But this went to TV was a huge hit. Huge for the 1980s, hit, right? Huge hit. Was it as dumb as I imagine? Yes. Wait. Yes. Oh yes, but I loved every freaking episode. Did you? Yes. Absolutely. Oh my! That that show made a real impression on me. Sorry. In answer to your question, the voice of Car was Optimus Prime's voice. No! <laughs> Peter yeah, Cullen. But Peter Cullen can do a oh, bad no, guy. Oh, no, he can do a sinister. Yeah. Like, Peter Cullen voiced at least three or four other Transformers in that show. Oh, that's yeah. so oh, rad. Yeah. I'm going to look up a clip and insert it. I detect numerous purveyors of food. Please tell me where you wish to go. How about the three rings? Can I have your order, please? What is that voice? Oh, that's just the ringmaster car. Ringmaster? I scan no such person. This is a primitive remote devoid of locomotion. The operator of this device must be nearby. What are you talking about? You guys want to snap it up? I don't have all day. There. Did you hear? He is becoming abusive. You wise guys are what? Amazing. His anger grows. Car, be quiet now, please. Do not fear, my friends. I will protect you. Brace for collision. <laughs> that nice. is rad. Okay, it's going to be David Hasselhoff. Roll out. <laughs> <laughs> you know Hasselhoff is going to do a stupid cameo. Absolutely he Ma- is. Stop doing that. He's so game for that. He did it in Baywatch, didn't yep. he? And then it was Johnny Depp was in... Yeah. Two old guys pretending to be... Oh, 21 Jump Street. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That <laughs> was like a kind of a fun surprise. That was a funny... That was a funny one. When Hasselhoff showed up in Baywatch, my eyeballs rolled out of my head and down the theater, and I had to pick them up with the with sticky popcorn and see the, the rest of the movie. Did yeah. you go to Baywatch in the theater? No! <laughs> yes! Did I tell you that what story? sound. Is that the story was uh, The Rock made a joke, and then... This theater was so quiet, and then I burst out laughing. Like, <laughs> yes. Was, like, I was, yes. I can't remember the joke now, but it was so bad. That movie sucked. Yeah. But, Knight Rider, Bud, tell me why you love it. Uh, I don't know how old I was when I when it when it aired, but probably like in my you know early tens kind of thing. So okay. it was a talking car, yeah. and <laughs> the music was great. And here's the thing, right? Like this sort of betrayed my my later in life of being like a like a like an audio geek. The sound design in that show oh, really? was phenomenally average, honestly. But <laughs> to my to my you know ten year old mind was mind blowing, you know. And it's, I loved all the the you know they they used touch tones sounds for some of the buttons okay. but then just like that 
sound of the turbo boost. Like, it's just ingrained in my head. The theme, of course, yeah. was phenomenal. Knight Rider, you know. Shadow of the Like, I just, oh, it's just so, I don't know why. <laughs> this show was is... the man having a stroke during the theme? <laughs> no, no. Um, I just remember um, of a man another who doesn't exist. Oh, God. This show is, like, so 80s. I'm, like, reading the, like, description of it. It literally says, a superpowered intelligence souped up Pontiac Trans Am. Yeah! yeah! Hell yeah! Did you ever watch the <laughs> rebooted television show? The updated television show? One? I think I did, and I don't think I could get through it. Yeah. Well, yeah. and there was a lot of different, like the car was a little, almost a little bit too powerful. Oh sure, sure. The car, so the car had a Carol Danvers situation. I think the car had a, superhero, <laughs> yes, a yes. Superman complex. Yeah. Here it well, is. How powerful can it be? It just let the air out of one of the tires. It says here that Kit could. Drive 300 miles an hour, bullet, it was bulletproof, no. fireproof, no. can talk, in the old and helps show? Michael fight injustices in the world. This, but is, does, this is in the 80s oh, show? Oh, this is the 80s yeah, yeah, yeah. show, sure. Yeah, but it doesn't have self-inflating tires, so just uh, stick a switchblade in it. One of my favorite scenes that I would always see is the um, the, the state trooper on the side of the road, and he'd hit the <laughs> the uh, the speed gun, yes. and it would be like going, like counting up by the 10s and 20s and 30s, past 90 to 100 to 200, like, ah! They try and get there, yeah. Anyways, here's the line. Knight Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. What? Oh, I loved it! So good! What? Because back in the 80s, you had to narrate your intros, right? Like, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, there was also a uh, Dr. Bonnie Barstow. Yep. Was in seasons one, and not two, but three and four, <laughs> Kit's chief technician and romantic tension for Michael. Oh, Sounds about right. I kind of like that. Oh my god! So is this, this like I'll watch it. Is this, this is like rad. one of those situations where like someone died and they put their soul into the car? No, no. that's Digby's doghouse, <laughs> where the uncle gets swapped into the dog. So what happened? <laughs> that's child's play. You're very close though. Police officer. Oh, also very close. Police officer yeah. Michael Long gets shot or oh. something, and they like scoop his body up. Yeah. And they change his face, oh. and they reborn birth him as Michael Knight and give him this thing because, of course, he's got, like, a fresh identity and whatnot. So, kind of, sort of. Weird. Really? That seems like a weird thing. Why couldn't he just be a dude who got a fun car (laughs) and talk? Anyways, slight tangent. They're doing a film. Spyglass Media Group will be developing this film based on the TV show. And, um... The, the details, of course, are unknown, but sources suggest, rumors and hearsay, that it will be a present-day take that will maintain the anti-establishment tone Good. of the original. Hell yeah. Yeah. And you know what else, too? Do not inject any amount of likeness into it. Take this thing <laughs> as serious Make it dark, as... dark. Yeah, well, like, not, I mean, don't grit it up, but as serious as the original took itself... Which was pretty serious. Yes, is my understanding, yeah. right? Yeah. Like they had some, they had some moments of ah, you know, later sure. on, but they certainly did take it pretty seriously to stop from the from the off. Okay, yeah. take it that seriously. Do not twenty one Jump Street it. Do oh, not geez, inject no. a bunch of like modern stupid humor and certainly a bunch of Cardi B references or something. Jeez, oh, no. By the way, have you guys all heard that new Cardi B song? It slaps. Do really? You, have you heard any? Oh, it's, sing it for us. It's called WAP, and that stands for wet ass pussy. Oh, God. And oh. it is so good. Wow. It Coronavirus! A- yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Sorry, tangent. But take it serious as hell, and I'm so stoked to watch this thing. Oh, my God. 
You convinced me. I'm into it. How, what, what a dumb thing, but take it seriously. We know nothing about it, but you're so, you're so here for it. Yeah. Taking things from the 80s seriously, uh, Seth Rogen's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie could be here next year and will apparently really lean into the teenage part. That is the worst word from that sentence. (laughs) Yeah, true enough, true enough. Out of the words mutant and ninja and turtle, (laughs) uh we're going to lean in on the teenage teenage. bit. (laughs) What, are they going to have zits? And And cracking voices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is, though, because the the turtles themselves, they were never really like teenagers. Were they that much? What, in in the 80s? They were. They're all like radical, dude, and they had they had skateboards. They had skateboards. <laughs> okay, whatever. I don't know about the show. In in the initial comics, they they didn't lean on it too much. It just happened to be the fact of the time of their life when they their story started being told. They were a pretty sharp team at that time, right. so it wasn't radical and you know cowabunga or whatever. Um, in the comics, when this was it? no, no, it was it was pretty damn serious and oh, dark, and yeah. and they were um, training up as a team, and they were becoming really good at it sort of as the as the series starts, and then you go. Own the whole Shredder, Otokosaki kind of thing. I think that's what his name is. And the whole, you know, um, Splinter. And yeah, anyways. Uh, but yeah, so not really silly or cheesy, which makes me think that this will be fairly silly or cheesy. You think? Yeah, I think it'll be a lighter, you know, because mm. I think... Well, Seth Rogen, just his name. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think at this day and age, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have been sort of memed and pop-cultured into a kid thing. Yes. You know, I think yes. it would be a tough sell to, to certainly to go back to the Eastman and Laird era and try and make it anywhere near as serious. I don't think that I don't think that'll work. Likely not, but... Here's the thing, team, is that uh, we think of teenagers as being like, uh, you know, children or whatever. I don't know. Gangly and crack of voice and pimple faced and all that stuff. But um, I'm pretty sure and I am only basing this on uh, watching Euphoria on HBO. But like teenagers are more adult than ever before. Oh, I believe so. It. I agree that like the original Turtles and like the Jim Henson Muppet movies and all that. Yeah, those could be. 20-something Mutant Ninja Turtles, for sure. But, like, teens... Brian, put a mask on or yeah. use your cough button. Also, you have a cough switch. Yeah, use your right cough there. button. I, I cleared my throat, but I didn't... Onto the mic. That's yeah, still we're fine, but you also have a cough switch. Oh, okay. yeah, use your cough button. It's fun to use. Um, <laughs> that was great. Thank you for the... I'm glad we both did that. <laughs> now great. I'm not going to be able to stop pushing it. <laughs> it's a $2,000 baby toy. <laughs> 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 it doesn't work when you're laughing. You have to have a sustained tone. Oh, that's right. There we go. There go. I'm Thank so glad you. we decided to record in the studio. I miss this place. <laughs> this is so good. Seriously, what was the price tag on this price? <laughs> right? No kidding. Jeez. We're gonna short it out doing this. There was a tweet here, um, guessing, <laughs> like I guess, giving their guess as what to, to what the cast is, uh, and there's Leonardo being played by Zac Efron. <laughs> oh no! Raphael's gonna be Seth Rogen. Uh, Donatello's no. gonna be Jay Baruchel. Oh jeez! And then uh, Michelangelo's gonna be Dave Franco. Oh no! <laughs> I am almost willing to put money. Las Vegas odds should be on this. Thing. Certainly on the younger Good Franco. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, well, look, I'm so glad this is coming out just for the fact that we can 
uh, talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with some seriousness. True enough. Like, I'm kind of, I don't know, I don't know, for whatever reason, and maybe it's talking about it with you all, I'm into this. And I hope that they do kind of go a little more serious. That's what I mean, right? If it was a serious business, if you took, do you get any of you guys watched Euphoria? No. no, I've heard good things. It's unreal. And I think it is a really realistic look at what teenagers are like these days. And if it's like that, I'm not expecting it to be up to the caliber of one of the, you know, best HBO shows that's oh, on right Oh, this is the one with Zendaya in it. Yeah. yeah. I've saw, seen the previews for that. I've yeah. saw the previews for She's that. She's not a teenager. No. Oh, nobody who plays a teenager is actually a teenager. Yeah, on thankfully, none of them are teenagers because there's a lot of nudity in that show. Oh, dear. Oh. Um, but, uh, but but yeah, like I, 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 that could be kind of neat. Like, what if they are dealing with I don't know, someone's got a, a drug problem and uh, somebody else is, you know, uh, Raphael has got an OnlyFans page. And um, <laughs> okay, these are both questions that that really <laughs> grapple with the, the physiology of a turtle for one thing. Um, so wow. Yeah, they can't take off their shells. Yeah. Oh jeez, here I go. See my side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, we're going pretty sideways. Let's stop this. We're ruining somebody's childhood. Wow. When I wake up in the morning and the lawn gets out of water, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. By the time I grab my books and I give myself a look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus fly by. It's all right, because I'm saved by the bell. So have we all watched the new Saved by the Bell trailer? Ow. Brian, at least tell Why me. Why didn't you put this in the Gucci? I didn't. I did it for you, Brian. <laughs> Am I the only one who watched the trailer? I, I watched it. Okay, thank goodness. It. Jeez. Because, uh, yeah, it's a little. <sighs> too honest? A little, uh, you know, too. Yeah. Uh, it... Meta? The fun thing about enjoying Save the Bell <laughs> now yes. is oh. that it's. Let's bird's eye this. Brian is the biggest. Yeah. The Bayside. Biggest. Yes, the biggest. Um, Saved by the Bell, Bayside Eye Forever, Tiger Things. He's got the hat. Uh, biggest fan in this room. Keep going. I bought you, you buy a Bayside Tigers hat one time. It is not that. All the freaking quotes that you can quote from this show and all the characters you know, you're a massive Saved by the Bell fan. Okay. Yeah. Here's the deal. Okay. When I was in college, <laughs> I took part in a Saved by the Bell trivia contest. <laughs> Did you? Oh, no. And I crushed everybody. Oh, wow. And I worked at a video store, and they had Saved by the Bell DVDs, and so I played it. Or I played it in the store nonstop just so I could uh, study for this contest. This is hilarious. I don't remember if I won. No, I didn't. Oh, jeez. No. But you fell in love with Saved by the Bell along the way. Well, and I was already, you know, I like I knew Saved by the Bell, and I was like, you know, I was pretty in love with it already. Wow. And so the the thing that you like about it now, it's it's just nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia. It's mm-hmm. like you obviously know that it's ridiculous, but if you look at this trailer. They know it's ridiculous, the yeah. makers of this show, and I think that's their bread and butter is poking fun at – and just as as per the trailer, their bread and butter seems to be poking fun at how ridiculous they were all the time. But it seems show. to almost go a little too far over oh, the yeah. edge and yeah. really get self-referential and, and almost – not scary, but uh... – Uncomfortable, but it's and it's the show that it's on. It's going to be on the Peacock, so it's not, I'm not going to sign up for the Peacock. This is the NBC streaming service. Uh, yeah. no. 
Yeah. No oh, release date for it I'd probably, like, either. pull you aside, Brian, if you were like, I'm spending money on Saved by the Bell. No, like, no, no, Brian. no, no. Um, the only way I'll spend money on Saved by the Bell is to go online and buy a hat that says Bayside Tiger. <laughs> oh, jeez, here we go. That's I was good. looking for a band shirt, uh, Zach Attack. <laughs> oh, my God. I think it was, God, like, Zach totally... Attack 1992 tour or something. <sighs> And uh, they just didn't have it in my size. Which oh is my goodness! Medium husky. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had talked about a little bit of formatics stuff with with Geek Out podcast. We're at episode ninety seven. We're almost, you know, we're coming up to our mm. centennial episode. And Paul put in a huge amount of great suggestions in our Slack chat about you know ways that we can, um, you know, I don't know, like polish the show up just make it a little more consistent and you know it's the kind of thing that we should be doing by by episode 100 but what we had talked about is keeping the show to about an hour before we go into a speed round we're way ahead of time because we really had hardly anything of the thing in the cue sheet so we may just skip a speed round you want to just like talk about the rest of these things that are on here yeah totally okay. that's what i said like i just love the speed rounds but because some days we just have a cue sheet that's so full of everything yeah, usually we do yes yeah. you love the speed rounds because you're really good at the speed round i suck at the speed round no so. no you're you're good. I just I want to get you to that level, but oh, we will. We will get you there. So so yeah. If like so that's that's all. If we're running out of time, we'll just speed around whatever's left. Sure. But in the meantime, let's uh, get into this stuff because yeah, we're only at forty minutes here. Well then, let's talk about the DC fandom. Um, this article from CNET says, "Get ready for glimpses of the Snyder Cut of Justice League, the Suicide Squad, and the Batman." When this happens on August twenty two and twenty three. When does this? God damn, did Snyder cut come out already so I could just watch it and then not deal with it anymore? Oh, no, you're not going to just watch it, though. Oh. That's going to be like four hours long. <laughs> oh, right. It's a miniseries on HBO or something, right? I think that was the talk, yeah, is that they might split it up. <laughs> Sorry, I should hit the cough button when I clear my throat like that. Um, I'm looking. I don't see a date on this just yet. Yeah, get her going with the Snyder Cut. Just to get it over with so we don't have to talk about it anymore? Yeah, well, you know, look, I, I just, I see so much love and push, like, they, people really, really wanting the Snyder Cut. Like, people are so invested in this thing that it's making me invested in a thing that I know is not going to be that great, or maybe it will be that great. That'll be neat to see, but come, just let's get it going. I wish I could narrow it down more this, to this more than says next year. 2021. Yeah. yeah, that's that's all I got. This is, it's becoming, the whole DC thing, though, is now becoming like, you know, a rebooted Saved by the Bell on Peacock, because <laughs> they are... I think their whole shtick now is selling the fact that there's not going to be any studio interference because now we're releasing the Snyder Cut, which was Zack Snyder's original vi uh, vision before the studio got involved and they got a different director to to helm the rest of the project. And then James Gunn's tweeting about Suicide Squad. He said in a tweet, I can confirm Hashtag the Suicide Squad is 100% zero interference, no holds barred me. And again, I can't wait for you to get a glimpse of it at DC Fandom. Um, wow. All of so it. now even they are scapegoating yeah. the Yeah, that seems the studio. not a smart move, honestly. But yeah, I think the studio is telling them to do that. It, yeah, it no totally kidding, is. right? And that's the thing. That's why I'm saying like this has become its own Saved by the Bell reboot because they're just – they're talking about – what made them shitty uh, or, you know, what made it so that, like, people didn't appreciate them mm -hmm. and uh, making that their whole marketing tool. 
for for these movies. But Which is not the dumbest thing. There's some yeah. smart, you know, I do appreciate when a studio or an entity or whatever realizes what's true. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a certain line to walk between, oh, you got to ignore the haters and then find and then like when it's colossal hate, when it's universally there's like actual good criticism mixed in with that hate online, you got to kind of own up to it. If you want to move out of it, you have to recognize it. And, you know, it's like, what was that pizza chain that was like, listen, we know our crust is like cardboard and our tomato sauce is practically just warm ketchup, but uh, not no more. Pizza's a bit better. Do you remember this? No, I, I love that idea. I'm surprised I don't know about that. Yeah, one of the big pizza chains who had notoriously crappy pizza did that. They, like, really leaned into... The bad reviews of their crummy pizza chain pizza. Domino's. Well, I don't want to cut us off Little from any Caesars. prospective uh, advertisers in the future. There was a Domino's. There was a Domino's campaign. Uh, that was called "We're Sorry for Sucking." That must <laughs> that's, be that. Must oh, be wow. I think that's the one. Yeah, that must be it. So, so when you lean into criticism like that, and and then try and spin it as if like we're going to be better. Okay, that's kind of neat. That kind of gets people talking. That kind of, you know, if what you've done is alienate fans, maybe there's no better way to get them back on your side than putting your arm around them and being like, you were right. Mm-hmm. We suck. It's on us. Yeah, we're going to do mo- what you want. How many movies is it going to take before people realize it's garbage in, garbage out? Like, oh. it, I don't have anything to do with the studio. Like, if the, the quality of the product wasn't there to begin with, you but can't you are blame also the studio. doing too, because like, that's also a risky move in a sense because then it's alienating their their I guess radio terms P one like their hardcore fans that stood up for fucking well Justice yeah League good and call. said that was like the best movie. I think that hardcore DC fans stick up for those movies. Look, if I'm wrong about this and you love like you genuinely love Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman and that stuff, please let me know. Art at the zone.fm. <laughs> but uh, but uh. I, I think that those DC fans are just fans of those characters. Yeah. And they would like for the movies to be better too. They kind of know deep down that these movies suck. They just hold in their heart and their deepest heart that they like Batman and they don't like Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. That's what's up. They've just held on to these things from childhood and they just, you know, at this level. It's still that way. It's still up DC versus Marvel world, and they've sworn their allegiance to DC until they die. And they're not going to be able to be buried in the DC graveyard if they get a Marvel tattoo or whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that's what those P ones are about. Not the that the movies are actually good. So if the movies get better, you're still not alienating them. I don't think. Mm-hmm. So DC Fandom will be a 24 hour show. It'll start. It'll go from 10 a.m. on August 22nd till 10 a.m. on the 23rd. We're DC get off having its fan dome. <laughs> Marvel doesn't have a fan dome and you get a fan dome? So there's going to be Who built the dome? An interesting list of hosts and presenters and special guests, including Aisha Tyler, Venus Williams, Will Arnett, Idris Elba, Ezra Miller, Jason Isaacs, Kayla Cuoco, Matt Reeves, Michael Rooker, Robin Wright, Viola Davis, and Henry Winkler. How do you get in Wait. and out of the dome? Is it like a beaver oh, lodge where you gotta swim right. up underneath? Venus, what kind of a dome are we talking about Venus here, Venus Williams, like the tennis player? I believe so. That's why it's a dome. Oh, jeez. Mm, here we this go. This sports, it's only for her. Where is the, it's not a real dome, right? 
It's not it's a real dome. Can I also, no. on the record, well, just Disney say, World has a dome. This is the stupidest name. Fandome. 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 Yeah. It's like some, I'm having a lot of fun this, with this. Apparently. This stinks of corporate somebody, some mm. fucking guy in a suit was like, ha, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so clever. You're not wrong. It's the word fandom, but you make a capital D, and now it says fandom. And you put an E on the end. And now huh? you're imagining a beaver lodge. <laughs> <laughs> and you get Venus Williams, and then it's okay. Yeah, why did you have Venus Williams? Why did you get Polly Shore? He did <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. Maybe he's getting named for Ryan. That's great. Bellin here. Nice. There we go. Yeah. I'm bad with it. He's in the, the Don't throw bell at me. No, no, no. Don't throw bell. You got it. You caught it. You caught, it. You caught the bell. Oh, you got it. Don't good. say you caught the bell before you throw it at me. No, you, you should it. say you saved the bell. Oh, jeez. This is all so bad. <laughs> um, rumors. <laughs> this is how the fandom gets made. <laughs> no yeah, freaking like kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Rumors and hearsay, Zoe Kravitz reportedly to return as Catwoman in HBO Max spinoff series. Wow. Are, you, are you torn because uh, Zoe Kravitz is good? No. No, okay. What was it? What, what was, was the side for? Ah, it's, that's interesting. You know you have a cough button, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could have gone, oh... <laughs> um, I no, it's it's well. I know this makes me stoked for the Batman. That's what. Sure. If if uh, who knows? Maybe they're seeing dailies and like the real standout is Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman. I'd love for that to be the case because I love her so much, mm-hmm. and I think that's a, that's great casting. And you know, this is how we do it. It's Friday night. <laughs> oh, man. No, Fandom! <laughs> this, oh this is a good way to build out a universe, okay? This is what Star Wars has learned. Not everything needs to be a movie. You've Everyone's got a streaming platform they're trying to sell you for $7 yep. a month. Um, do this. Do a movie, and then if you got a good character that works, do a TV show. Yes, if... If that's the big if, and watch your episode count and watch your runtime, but otherwise good, and that's how you build out your universe. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Good for Zoe Kravitz because HB- HBO Max. That's HBO. Where it's gonna be. HBO. What are you Max English now? <laughs> is uh, going to be paying her, and Hulu's not paying her anymore. So mm. why not? She had her show canceled there. What show? High Fidelity. Oh. Uh. One more in the rumors and hearsay. Tom Hanks might play. This is a direct quote from the um, the AV Club headline. Tom Hanks might play the obvious Tom Hanks role in yep. Disney's live-action mm-hmm. Pinocchio. Yep. So the whale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I just did um, a Control-F on this article, and nowhere in the article do they actually say the name Geppetto. That's really interesting. How do you know it's Geppetto, then? Oh, Pretty geez. obvious, no, don't you think? There was another article that said Geppetto. He might, be that, but he like, might be that creepy dude that brings everybody to the... Stromboli! <laughs> the, the island of Misfit <laughs> Boys or whatever it is. Oh, that's yet another <laughs> really awful Disney character that I kind of look like. Um, no, so, But would you have like said obvious to Geppetto or obvious to Jiminy Cricket? Oh! oh. Like, fair enough, fair enough. No. See, wow, I, interesting. In my head, the obvious was always uh, Geppetto, but um, good question. Yeah, Brian, you just turned this whole thing on its head. 
However, I, th- I forgot about Jiminy Cricket. Like, and again, this is the AV Club saying it. So, do we need to say which role Disney wants Tom Hanks to play in its live-action Pinocchio movie directed by Robert Zemeckis? It's not the wooden boy. It's not the bug. It's not the fairy. Who could it be? Oh, so when you say it like that, then yeah. You, well, that's okay. just again. This is just what the article says. What's the so, fairy? I think, huh? Tinkerbell. Is it Tinkerbell? Not Tinkerbell. But there's like a fairy that turns him into. Oh, a boy. right. Oh, maybe this is the movie with the scary bird in it. <laughs> She's an adult woman, the oh, yeah. fairy in this. There's oh, no, right, right, yeah. yeah. There's no way he's playing. Oh, wait, no, that's Dumbo. I, I can't use that joke. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, Moving on. So Art was confusing a, a racist bird for yeah. a scary bird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, um, no, I think the article's wrong, and I think Brian is right. I think it's going to be Cricket. Jiminy Cricket. Okay, you know what? No, I've heard. I've read other articles that it said Geppetto. He... Really? Yeah. However, yeah. would Tom Hanks not make a great voice for a CG Jiminy Cricket? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, well, Woody. No, uh, sure. Yeah. No. no. Get him out of this. No. No. Uh, no CGI. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Put him in a costume. I want him really as Jiminy Cricket. I want him in face makeup and a little suit, and I want him having a little cane or an umbrella or whatever it was. Okay, and just, just shrunk down yeah, using. <laughs> Effects or, uh, <laughs> not, you know, or uh, using, using force, practical sets that are yeah. built the size of sky. Kind of like what they did with the yes. Hobbit, but he's yes. standing further Precisely away. Precisely that. That's right. Precisely. Force perspective. It's called. He a he's all the way at the filter. other end of the yeah. studio with a parabolic mic. <laughs> That's right. That's what I want. No, I think he'd be great as the Jiminy Cricket. I put money on that. All right, Polly, please tell us about <clears throat> the many things Call. that you consumed during your time off. Okay, uh, reviews and recommendations. I did review a bunch of things. So, yeah, I review. I okay. I got home last night. By the way, can I tell you about my trip a little bit? I'll I'll talk about it more in uh, uh, PJ party. I think because it was I had some wild stories coming back from this thing. But I went up to um, Great Bear Rainforest and I stayed in Bella Coola and it was a phenomenal, wonderful trip. I almost died. Um, I got sucked under a, a fallen tree in a fast-moving river and almost drowned. It was Damn, sweet, man. yeah. And then we saw a grizzly bear in that same river, and yeah, it was very scary. But it was so sweet. Um, I had such a fun time. But I got home last night, and uh, wait, you watched all these things last night? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well. Did you read the book last night, too? No, that's, okay. that's why I was going with the trip, actually, is that I did have a little downtime because it just rains constantly. Great in, bear rainforest? In right? the rainforest. Okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I did have some time just reading, and I picked up a book called Radicalized, and this was one of the CBC Canada Reads books. And uh, so there are podcasts and uh, like a TV show I think you could watch on the CBC Jam app that... If you if you know the reads, are Kirsten? You're a reader. Do you, are you familiar with this? I read with my eyeballs. Um, I guess they like <laughs> it's like a contest. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Between these Canadian. F off, <laughs> F off the all of y'all. Jeez. <laughs> Keep calm. Um, sorry. So you, there's all these books that get nominated, and then certain like personalities or celebrities, then they like defend the book or like stick up for it on a panel, and then it gets voted and which one's the best. So lots has been said already. I haven't listened to any of the radio or podcast or, or TV about uh, this book yet, so I can't really talk about that. But um, I just know from reading it that I am really, really enjoying it, and I would recommend it to anyone listening to this podcast um, because and, – and this is why I pulled the trigger on buying it is because it's four 
sci-fi short stories that are set in either the you know distant or not too distant future or in like you know kind of within superhero uh things or like sci-fi uh arenas but they are tied directly to the modern world in some cases so well that i actually thought this book is going to have come out in the last month or so. It's so tied in to what's going on in the world right now. But I think it's a little older than that. So the one that I 2019. just... 2019. Yeah. yeah. So here's what I mean. The one that I just finished reading is the second of four short stories is about a superhero. And it's it's just Superman. They model, call it, The model minority? No, it's called... Uh, American Eagle. Yes. Okay. So it's it is Superman. In fact, like even the character's secret identity's name is Clark, and his girlfriend is Lois, and his ba- best friend, who's also a superhero, is Bruce. Oh wow, who's clearly Batman, right? And they don't even name him. But like, so it's Superman, but it's called the American Eagle, and it's about um, immigration a little bit, but mostly about police brutality and wow. how a superhero with you know like a good moral compass but who is omnipotently powerful like superman would deal with the modern police brutality against oh, black people huh. in the united states interesting that we would and how he would deal with that and how it would affect you know and it's so we've talked about this before like how do you frig up superman so badly mm-hmm. in the man of steel and all these recent movies and how a story about an immigrant from space working in the media, news journalism, and with what's going on in the world right now, how obvious it should be to write a good movie about that that really makes sense for the current age. And this book does it in a really interesting way. So that one in particular, again, I've already read half the book and two out of the four short stories. The other one that I read was also really, really good. And... It's it's got to be some of the most the the best straight up writing fiction writing that I've read in a long long time. Small things but that are impactful, you know, from earlier come back without needing to be reminded about them later in the story and it like it twigs for you. It's just really really excellent writing and again because they are um, sci-fi or kind of like this this neat um, you know fictiony or fantasy or or comic booky um, tropes and stories. I think it's so so good for anyone listening to this pod should definitely get into it. That's so cool. If good you're to know. Thank to you. Read. Yeah. Uh, then tell us about some of the things you watched. <laughs> okay, uh, Muppets Now is on. Uh, I don't know, Crave or somewhere. No, Disney Plus, I think. Yeah, that's right. Have you watched any of it, Brian? No, I, I saw that it was on there, and I was going to watch it, but not yet. I feel like it's perfect for the kids. Yeah? Yeah. Because they I, weren't so much into the Muppets. Really? Yeah. Tell them why. Well, I just I, they were into their other things, and I was like, uh, I can introduce another thing to them later. Yeah, right. I've okay. been. I, that's what I've been kind of doing is piecemealing, like, the things that I introduced them to, mm. and so oh, some you them, let them have a have a Pokemon, and then you introduce them to the yeah, Muppets, kind of exactly. Thing. I don't Neat. want them to okay. be like, "You're living my full childhood right now." <laughs> so yeah. I can relive it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the Muppets, not just yet, but um, the thing I was thinking about watching this Muppets show is that the Muppets will never, and they've been trying to do this since. It happened, but the never the Muppets will never be the Muppet Show again. And every single show that they've done since then 
has tried to just be a modern reincarnation that makes sense and capture the magic of the original Muppet show. And for some reason, they cannot figure out a formula. I remember Muppets Tonight that came out in the like 90s or maybe it was the early 2000s. Wasn't good. I, yeah, I tried to watch that show. People didn't like it. Not really. Um, and then there was another one that came out recently on Netflix or something. Like this was only five years ago, and it was kind of like a Thirty Rock, like single camera thing with the Muppets. Right. Was that the one that explored the um, the Kermit's new girlfriend storyline? Denise yeah. or whatever that was. Could could be. Anyways, it didn't work. This one is getting really great reviews, and that's actually why I dialed it up last night. I don't know if it's working. In fact, like the first thing that you see of it is them on like a Zoom style chat. Hilarious. Yeah, but again, I'm sick of it for human beings. I'm certainly sick of it for Muppets. <laughs> um, so that to me is like, oh, this is the modern version of it. And I don't, I don't know. It just isn't, there's something about like, why can't the, why do the Muppets only really hit like 10% of the time? I don't understand why. And, and when they're a hit, they're a super hit. But then when they're not, they're certainly absolutely not, and that's most of the time. Do you mean of all their properties from the show to the movies to all the other shows and things? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and the last thing I'll say about Muppets Now is that it is the wrongest sounding Kermit ever. Matt Vogel. Yeah, who's different from the previous Kermit, who was wrong sounding from the Jim Henson Kermit. Sure. This Kermit is way off. Oh, dear. Like, unrecognizable. He's been you, doing Kermit for a few years now. Call him something else. All right. Call him Kermit's cousin or something. <laughs> it's not working. Yeah. And finally, I was uh, surprised. Yeah. What? It's too late. I was lying down. I couldn't make my terrible joke. No, make it. I said you could call him Kermit with a C. <laughs> oh dear! Very good. Now it makes it seem like I thought about that one for a while. <laughs> you were just lying on the floor doing your my stretches. Back, my back is really sore. Um, and then you've been walking anymore. in place on a hard floor for an hour. I can't imagine why your back is sore. Okay, keep going. <laughs> keep going. This is why mills oh aren't goodness. this? <laughs> so finally, I was surprised. I didn't know Lower Decks, the Star Trek cartoon, was out already. Me neither. I only realized it when you said you watched the first episode. Yeah, and for all the, like, hand-wringing and wondering about this show that we've done, it's pretty good. Yeah, good. I kind of liked it, and I, I want to get into Rick and Morty now. Really? Yeah, okay. I wanted to for a while, but this one, again, drove that home of, like, this humor works for science fiction. And to set it all against a Star Trek backdrop, which is so familiar to me, and especially that next generation era and all the you know the like the references to the holodeck and uh phasers and everything it really really works the animation style is great and there was even like a bit of as like bright as a cartoon is there was a bit of a horror element to this wow. first episode that i was surprised by that really worked nice. and was kind of like as scary as a cartoon i guess can be that's a jokey cartoon but it is great because one of the elements of the original Star Trek that I love so much was that like most weeks on Star Trek was like a horror show. Like there were really scary and I guess scary for the time of the 60s elements of Star Trek, like 
the monster was totally. scary or yeah. like it murdered people on the ship in a really graphic, scary way or yeah. the salt monster that had big suction lips and sucked on the Kirk or whatever and not in the way he liked. It the was like furry balls who wouldn't stop fucking. Okay, not that's that not, one! That's not. Um, but <laughs> but there were a lot of horror aspects to the show and it was scary sometimes and so it kind of had that element to it and I really thought that was neat and, you know, look at it. It's, if you don't like that non-stop bleep blorp humor of Rick and Morty, you're probably going to be annoyed by this show. But if you can get around that and you like that, then I thought it was really good. I thought some of the like animation and style choices that they made were really quite good. Um, the whole premise of like one of the second tier ships, we're used to seeing, you know, the flagship of the Federation. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, a, a scout ship or an exploratory ship, like really doing epic things. Well, when you think about the Federation and Starfleet, there probably would be second-tier ships that were sent there to, like... There absolutely would be. They can't all be Enterprises. Right? You gotta have people build your... You know, it's like uh, waiting in the wings. It's like the understudies. You gotta have people to build up to that kind of thing. And thankfully for fans of, especially the next generation, when you say lower decks, you know exactly that this is going to be not the prime sort of ship. This is going right. to be about the lower-ranking people or yeah. lower-ranking ships in this case. Yeah, and yeah, and it's so, so like, even the bridge crew is, like, they take themselves so seriously, but you know that, you know, some of the comedy comes from the fact that, like, listen, you're no Picard. You're here to set up a, you know, telecoms tower. Right, right. And then, of course, the main characters being the, the, the ensigns. I'm into it. One episode in, and I'm really uh, a fan of this show already. I, let's see where it goes. But uh, for anyone who's on the you know, uh, edge about whether or not this show is good, I, I think give it a whirl. That's awesome. It comes out on Thursdays. The first episode was called Second Contact, which is a funny <laughs> joke about the first contact. Jerry O'Connell's in this yeah. as Jack Ransom. I didn't realize. Uh, I hadn't, hadn't looked at all into the, the voice cast. Who's the uh, the, the top billing uh, girl? She's really great. Tawny Newsome. Ta- yeah, she's Second in Mariner. Space Force. Oh, sure, 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 sure. She's the uh, helicopter pilot. Yeah. All right. I love her in that, and she's unreal as a voice actress, honestly, in this. And she does a lot of podcasts and stuff, and she's really, really talented. So it's good to have her on board. Um, I think it's really, it's, it's really, really good. Nice. Um, okay. By the way, just really briefly, I want to touch on last week's episode. Kirsten and you and Caleb and the ghost of art <laughs> were talking about. <laughs> HBO Max and how difficult it is to like nail down what's being rolled out and what's not and where is it Their and all branding that. branding is all over the place. Mm-hmm. And and Go versus Max versus on Guess what? Here in Canada, we're making up for years of crummier Netflix with the HBO because everything from all of the HBO nonsense things, Max and Go and Now, they all just get filtered in through the Duff light uh, tube. <laughs> And we all just get them on Crave. Hilarious. And as soon as they uh, exist on that in the States, you need three different separate subscriptions too, I guess. I don't know. So then that, does that mean we're getting Catwoman and we're going to get uh, Justice yeah. League? Uh, wow. Snyder Cut and stuff? Canada, well, where things are less complicated. <laughs> Whatever the Sometimes. deal is that that media company has with HBO, it seems to be working for us beautifully because yeah. nice. they're all just there on Crave. Nice. nice. Good to know. That's good to know. There were so many th- other things that I wanted to bring up about last week's podcast. I, I, know, totally I, almost, I almost wrote a note. I know. Oh, I should have written oh, notes. Re- notes. Guys should have recorded a rebuttal. <laughs> right? No. Well, you talked about, about Splinter Cell. 
And I was sad that I wasn't there for that. Mm. And then you mentioned my name a couple times and I was yelling at my... Because uh, you play that game. <laughs> I played the game too, yeah. And uh, yeah, well, and Caleb plays the game. Caleb, I think Caleb uh, did a really good job of describing mm. what makes the game so good. He um, did an excellent job. I really kind of felt in the game hearing Caleb's description. I think my notes was halfway sports. through. It's, it's Ubisoft. Uh, I think my notes is that in ha- halfway through, Caleb... Uh, so you had told you had said you'd set it up beautifully in that like it's going to be an animated um, movie, uh, and then Caleb asked halfway through, so was like, "Is this going to be live action?" And you were right. like, "Yeah." yeah and Caleb's like, like, "Yeah, I'll watch it." Because uh, uh. <laughs> there was a live action Splinter Cell in development with um, what's his name, uh, Bane that was going to play Sam Fisher. What's his name? What's his name? Bane. Bane. He played Bane. What? Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Tom Hardy oh, okay. was going to play Sam Fisher. Right. But then player. that uh, is now, uh, <laughs> but that's now deemed as an inactive project. And uh, this animated uh, movie is coming out first. In my defense, I wish that I had saved for you Art's cue sheet that he made because it was <laughs> that three sounded like a pages nightmare. And it what? wasn't. It was like what? three pages, and like it was like the whole thing across the page, but then like a little bit about the thing. It was a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> it was and I, that's why I was like, oh, what is it? Live action? Anyway, yeah, we tried. <laughs> Um, I know that you guys have something to review and recommendation. Can I do something really quick that's on the cue sheet? Do it. Yeah. Um, I think I've reviewed and recommended this movie before, but I'm just bringing it up again because I saw that it was on Netflix. So if there's any listeners that couldn't watch it uh, last time, it's this movie called Upgrade. It's oh, really, I heard you talk about that. I want to really watch that. Really good. It's a really cool sci-fi movie. It never got like a big release or anything like that. Um, and basically, the plot of this movie is there's a guy um, and his wife, and his wife gets like murdered in a brutal mugging, and it leaves him paralyzed. Mm. And then, it, like, all he can think about is revenge. And some like billionaire dude comes to him and is like, "Well, I can make your body work again if you want this experimental body." And the guy's like, okay. And that's, uh, you can't really say anything more about the movie without giving things away. But it's a really cool, uh, one of the coolest sci fi's I've seen in a really But if you can't say time. anything more, it sounds like Bloodshot. I've never seen Bloodshot. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's a Bloomhouse, Bloom right? No. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, it is a Bloomhouse. But it's, I wouldn't say it's a horror, but it's got some really cool action secret uh, se- sequences and shots nice. and stuff in it. Nice. Can so, I guess? Does the guy hornswoggle him and like it's a deal with the devil type of thing where it's like, yes, your body works, but you're constantly spitting. Or like, <laughs> or like, yes, you killed my wife. Face. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Or like, he just smells bad all the time and oh, there's no deodorant yeah, in the world well, that will help him. You don't need to watch the movie now. Oh, okay, yeah. good. I didn't want to give it away. I guess. But anyway, yeah, it's on Netflix now, so um, recommendation that, like, double recommendation. If you want something to watch on Netflix, watch Upgrade. What's nice, it called again? Upgrade. For those Upgrade. with uh, kids, I'm sorry, can I, uh, can I jump in? Do with, it. With mine? Uh, for those with kids, I've just, I haven't fully watched this myself, but I've been working from home and my kids have been watching this in the background. So it's been in the background and I turn my head every now and then because it's interesting. But um, the uh, new Guillermo del Toro um, cartoon series, the DreamWorks series that he's been doing, like Tales from Arcadia. Or Tales oh, of Arcadia. yeah. Netflix so, has been hitting me hard for that. Yeah. So it started out in 2018 with Troll Hunters. And then last year they came out with Three Below, which was a different story but had characters. It was sort of the, its own little cinemat- animated cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so they had Three Below last year, and then this year they had Wizards. 
And um, from what I'm seeing of it, and I, I mind you again, this is while I'm working from home. <laughs> yeah. And so if my wife works from home as well, and like on the days that she and I both work from home, I'm relegated downstairs to the kitchen. <laughs> oh, so that's where I, that's my home office is uh, on the dining room table. Wait, can't you work in the same room? Mm, no, just because it's it, like the desk setup is all different. I got my turntable. Like, if my turntables weren't there, then that would be my desk. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, but so I'm downstairs, and then the kids are watching stuff, and they're watching this, and it's pretty good. It's pretty interesting, like in terms of the story from what I've seen so far, and just how it all interconnects. So like, um, they blasted through the first two. They pl- blasted through Troll Hunters and Three Below, and uh, then my um, Aiden was saying, "Oh, there's a trailer for this new one that's coming out called Wizards, and it's got all the same characters, and it's it's about wizards in in in, in that universe." Really? Or it's so it's interesting. If like I don't know if it's interesting if you just have like kids or if you'd be interested in seeing it in, itself. But it's created by Guillermo del Toro, um, and it's like a DreamWorks thing. So. That bit kind of blows me away. I thought Guillermo del Toro only made terrifying uh, things that scare grown-ups. Mm-hmm. No, he um, made so that good. scary stories to tell in the dark, which is a scary movie to terrify children. Great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just looking at it right now. Yeah, it's good. Eh? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. You know, good because it looks like it's for kids, though. Yeah. It's. It felt like when I first saw Troll Hunters, it kind of felt like. Um, What's the Robert uh, the Monster House? Have you yeah, ever seen that? Right, and it's it's oh, it's got the funny friend, and it's got the girl that could be the love interest kind of thing, right. and it's just like one big long show of that. I see a dog also, yeah, cute animal. But sidekick. when their characters get developed a little bit further, and then when they also show up in the other shows, and their characters are a little bit different, and you know things have kind of happened, and life sort of happens to them, I think it gets pretty interesting, and it's like it's still you know kid friendly, and it's it's easy for them to keep up with. Obviously, they love it. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, it, it's it was it's been good entertainment for them for the last uh, little bit. Neat. So these are series. Yeah, Tales of Arcadia is sort of the overarching yeah. thingy, and then there are individual shows like Troll Hunters and uh, and Wizards. Cool. Uh, Brian and I have been playing Paper Mario: The Origami King for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, what now? You asked me what streamer I was on. I gotta ask you what streamer you are on. I believe it's the pink one, so I'm like second to last. Streamer. Okay, okay. So that's because uh, I've finished the game and I am playing it again. The Paper Mario series I've been playing since the second game. It's it's a Mario RPG, and the paper bit is that all the characters look like literally paper cutouts with the thick white outlines and everything. And when they move, like it's a piece of paper and when he turns around, you see the piece of paper flip. Mm. And for that one second, you can't see him because it's, it's just thin paper. Mm. Uh, great series. Mostly the writing for me. Very, oh, it's always been very funny. Very, a lot of stuff for grown-ups that'll go right over a kid's head. A lot of puns, a lot of paper puns and whatnot. And this latest entry has been fantastic. I got it on launch day. It was sort of a surprise announcement. I think they announced it in March for July. And yeah, I finished it uh, last week during my vacation and I'm going through it again. And yeah, lots of paper puns. You know, it's a world of paper. Mm. And weirdly in this one and some of the other ones, like in the first Paper Mario I played, your sidekick was a Goomba, a girl Goomba, I think called Goombella. Uh, So (laughs) a lot of the lines of good and evil are a little blurred here. The bad guys in this Paper Mario game, because all the characters are this flat piece of paper, the bad guys are origami. 
so what you're fighting is the origami king who is trying to fold yeah. the, the and kingdom. And then you're to his working will. alongside the Goombas and the Koopas that are not origami. Uh, you have origami versions, kind of like zombified versions of Goombas. Yeah, they're called folded soldiers. Yeah, so like <laughs> they they turned them into this, and they're now working against you. But like anyone that you see that's paper, just like paper, like Mario, mm-hmm. they're on your side. Yeah, whether or not it's a Koopa Troopa or even Bowser, you know, right. he kind of got halfway folded. He looks like a, he looks like a tent card, like a little like a, you know just a little, little square thing, and he's and he's kind of stuck in that form. They didn't fully fold him into origami. Um, great game, I really enjoyed it. Fantastic music in this game and just um, my, my, my kid finished it as well like we played separate games and great battle system lots of spirals of sliding yeah, any yeah thoughts, I Ryan? think the thing I like about Mario I think the thing I like about all the Mario games is that it's obviously it's like you have to think you know it's, it's putting together pieces of a puzzle sure right and I think that's kind of it in, in, its, in its own way it's like it's a little escape um, in that you have to really kind of use your brain and, you know, you have to kind of shout out the rest of the world. And that's what I've loved about this game is that, like, it is that, that you get into a battle and, you, well, you got to figure out the spiral pattern so that you line them all up and you can hit them all in one, yeah. one shot kind of thing. So that's been really cool. Is it the first, this is the first Paper Mario of Switch? Yes. Of Nintendo Switch? Because yes. everything else has been before. Yeah, prior. Like, uh, the first one I played was on the N64. Right. Which was the second game. So. Interesting. Because, yeah, this is the first Paper Mario game I've ever played. Oh, sure. So, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I think I've played three or four of them. The last one I played was Color Splash on the Wii U. Again, just great, great games. But the system for battling and everything, it's all the same? No, no. This, no? Is, completely this is completely new different. with the spirals and everything. Um, yeah, and all your, all your enemies in previous games have been the same kind of paper. It's just they're giant... Uh, you know, other kinds of dinosaurs or different different things in the world. Why is mm. Princess Peach an origami? Is she a mean Princess Peach? She's been taken over. It's like zombie. Yeah, she's been zombified. That's a great way to put the, it. The uh, the first, so you, you, uh, I guess the opening sequence. You, you know, you're going into Princess Peach's castle because there's like a party or something, and when you're greeted by like a kind of origamified. Princess Peach, like Kian got scared. Oh yeah, like, really? it was yeah, it was kind of a scary sequence because they're just and then it didn't help that I was making a creepy voice while reading. Oh no, why were you doing <laughs> that? Like, Welcome, Mario. Well, and the thing is, the voices of the folded soldiers, the 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 typeface is all like crinkly and twisted, and it it looks it looks like, like they're zombies. Yeah, it looks yeah. creepy to read. It is creepy to see uh, because yeah, the origami is the bad guy version, and so yeah, your good guys are turned into bad guys. What's this? Through being folded. That is a sideways view of uh, 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 towers in the desert. Turn your notebook sideways. I don't. Kn- that looks like a penis. Yeah, my gal Kate is. It looks. It looks, it looks, it looks, it looks like a penis. Thing. There's an article that like says an article. What are you doing? That, uh, it says this not safe for work. Paper no. Mario Easter egg oh, is nice. Boy. And then and then the byline is. That's a penis. No, it's turned <laughs> sideways. Just yeah. don't Just, overanalyze. Don't turn it sideways. Turn it upways. I review fully erect. And yeah, no, there it is upways. And I it still looks like a review penis. Review recommendation like for children That's and adults. It's a very much for me. Penis, is there anything else we're gonna cover on today's podcast, please? Why is that not flat? Is there anything else we're gonna cover on today's podcast? 
I don't know. Kirsten James, where can we find you on the Oh, you? we should uh, hang on here. We got time. Let's blast through some of these things that uh, the nice people. Oh, oh shoot. I'm sorry, like... Paul. I was looking at an online version of the Q sheet. That's okay. I... Is, now it's speed round. Yeah, let's You blast, go ahead. You go ahead. Because this is great. I just really want to give a uh, thank you to everybody who's like. Uh, posting on our stupid face page there uh, and uh, getting into this. It's really nice. It feels like uh, people are listening to this thing. Okay, so I'm going to say the headlines and then you can say more about it because I didn't read any of these because you submitted these very last minute. Sure. Raised by Wolves, Ridley Scott's HBO Max series sets premiere date September 3rd via Dave. Thanks, Dave, for putting that. Now, I'm, yeah, I looked at a little bit of this trailer. It looks pretty good. We're not, we don't have to speed around this. Oh, okay. Well, well we're, hungry. we're now, now we're late because I'd forgotten about it and Kirsten hasn't eaten. We're, I haven't eaten either. Where, where did we get to? It's minutes? not a contest. Um, <laughs> what did you have for breakfast? Okay, so, I've, yeah, this looks really good. Ridley Scott doing a TV show. It looks all sci-fi and and fantasy and sweet. Um, I'm into it. And uh, oh, this is probably why I want to talk about HBO. We'll just get it. We'll just get it on a crave. On crave. So I'm 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 happy to see that. I'm not like the biggest really Scott fanboy in the world. I'm not going to be like, oh, every single thing he touches is pure perfection. Oh wait, like Caleb. Oh, wasn't that? Didn't you guys talk about this last week? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Is Caleb like that? I guess so because art seemed. Angry that it was a Ridley Scott thing. Yes, but he I, did. I My like goodness. Ridley Scott. Like I've, I've, I, why I, not? Why can't you be a fanboy for Ridley Scott? Yeah. Right. Well, and you called him out perfectly on that because, like, Art said Ridley Scott could take a shit and Caleb would love it. Yeah. And then you're <laughs> like, well, the Russo brothers could yeah. do the same thing. <laughs> the yeah, Russo brothers could great, not even have anything to do with the TV series, and you could say that it was theirs. Yeah. That happened last week too. Rocksteady makers of Batman Arkham. <laughs> Video game teases Suicide Squad game. Details of the fan zone, uh, fandom, August 22nd, via Joel. Okay, so this is another Caleb thing, but I think, I'm pretty sure that he thinks those Arkham games are very good. They are very good games. They Oh, so you play them too? Yeah, they're very good. They're uh, very well written, like really cool. Mark um, Hamill voices the Joker in them, doesn't he? Yeah. And does Kevin Conroy voice Batman too? I don't know about that one. I think he does. Um, but yeah, they're really good. The Arkham series is really good, so it's interesting that they're going to do a Suicide Squad game. It will probably be better than the movie. Uh, That's what this reminded me of, is that... It's funny between the new movie, the uh, James Gunn movie, and now to have a video game, somebody is convinced that Suicide Squad is good. And I don't know about that. I don't know if that movie wasn't good because it wasn't good or it was done poorly, or if just this idea of a bunch of bad guys getting together and going on a little adventure... If that's the lame thing about it. But, I like but, the idea of Suicide Squad. Do you? I, I, I think that it's a cool idea. The anti-heroes getting together, like having to do something so that they can get released or whatever happens. Like, I, I think it's a good idea. I just don't think it was poorly executed in the movie. That seems to be what I guess people think. They're just trying to they're, – they're, they keep going back to it. They think, like, something about this has to be good. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a new movie <laughs> with James Gunn or whether it's a video game, we are going to make this fucking work. So that's what they're doing. They're going to a video game. Princess Bride gets Lego set fan submission via Rose. How cute. Doesn't everyone want to have... There, there are... that a... man? The big giant man? 
Under, Under the Giant? The giant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that man, that big giant man. There are a number of uh, Princess Bride Lego sets under consideration at Lego Ideas. Lego Ideas, P.S., is a much better name than Lego Kuso, which is what it used to be called. <laughs> this particular one is the Gilder Frontier, so it's got uh, five figures, including Andre the Giant, who is notably taller than anybody else. Um, yeah, looks really cute. I quite like it. So wait, these Lego idea things, just for people that aren't Lego nerds. Sorry, yes. Um, these are like fan submitted ideas. They're like, here's a cool set you should make, and they have to like use pieces existing from places, existing right? pieces, yeah. Yeah. except they can make like custom things, like so the the some for of these figures, people. Yeah. And then and then what happens is people vote on it yes and then lego decides which ones to make right yes. yeah okay. they, they have to surpass a certain amount of votes and then lego each year will decide which ones get made into sets the tron legacy light cycle set that i have for instance that's that was a lego ideas thing that didn't exist in lego's mind but people came up with it made the thing and then i built the set it was it's super cool so that these are like where you see like, like there's always like here's this friend's lego set but i don't think it ever got made right i don't think like, that one did no um no. that's where all these but that's where the Women of Science from. set came from, too, yeah. right? Like, it doesn't always have to be something branded or something out there. Love that. Bioshock 4 seemingly won't take place in Rapture or Columbia, and that's fine. That's fine. What does that mean? Those so, are the places that those... Yeah. You submitted again? this one. Joel, Joel again? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's too low on the sheet for me. By the way, you underlined all of these. Is that because all of my headlines are underlined in the sheet? You know that's just that's because right. these are links, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I keep if you trying write, to tap this. If you write <laughs> it with paper, you don't up. have to put the underline in it. Um, the first bio- And I think I did pretty good without a ruler, okay? Oh, jeez. <laughs> the first Bioshock game and the second Bioshock game took place in the underwater city of Rapture. The third Bioshock game, the one that I am currently replaying through on the Switch, which is freaking phenomenal is Bioshock Infinite and that took place you know it went from underwater to above the clouds wow. the sky city called Columbia mm. and on a replay of the game by the way if I might quickly review and recommendation woo as a violent bloody game <laughs> that, but, but it's about the world like the world building and the story of that game is phenomenal which is why I, I bought the set which includes all three of the games um, that have been released so far uh, for Switch and then I went straight to the only game that I played, which is the third game. After I finish that, then I'll play one and two. But yeah, apparently there was a job listing for uh, Cloud Chamber, which is the studio that's going to be making the next game, um, asking for experience with the Unreal Engine and experience in scripted cinematic sequences. And the listings mention a new and fantastical world. So slightly rumors and hearsay to make, make an article about, but I would be okay with it because so far they have done well. Yeah, this is one of those games that I'm very sad I can't play. It's a first-person shooter. I can't play it. Um, but By Ezel Barf? Yeah, they make me feel nauseous. Not because of the shooting, because of the motion. The movement, but yeah. But you can yeah. kill a dog. You're a monster, <laughs> by the way. Oh, my that was, God. I was, okay, just, I was like, I don't even care about dogs that much. It's but, a, like, what kind of a video game makes you murder a dog? Oh. Have you been murdering dogs? Okay, just really quick, because I'm so hungry. Mm. <laughs> I'm thinking about murdering dogs now. Yeah. No, um, or a monster. For a dinner. Okay. <laughs> In this game, the other day, I was fucking shooting dogs again, because that's what you have to do oh. in Last of Us 2, and I was saying how there's, like, sound effects, so when you, first of all, if you shoot the dog's human, the dog gets sad and, like, sits by the human and cries, oh, and then you still have that. to shoot the dog, oh. and every time you shoot the dogs, it's like, Rah! Oh, anyway, I'm doing horrible. this, and my sound is really loud. And oh, I no, had, and your other oh, dogs. Oh, no, your I beagles. my dog, Aria, sitting next to me. She always sits next to me when I play games, oh, no. and I shot one of the dogs, and it went, Arr! and she looked up, and she oh, looked no. at the screen, and I was like, oh, no. oh my God. Oh, no. 
She knows. She knows. She knows mom is killing video games. She knows you did that. Why is that in the game? Because they're awful people that want to make you feel sadness. It's like one of these. Oh, I'm. I feel like I'm almost near the end of it. So we'll do a whole review when I'm finished it. But, like, it's one of these weird games where they really want to make you feel something about right. society and about war and about uh, just the, the way that human, the human Isn't condition. Isn't it a zombie movie? Yeah, yeah, it is. Video game? Yeah, but then it's kind of like The Walking Dead where there's, like, other human factions. And really the problem at the end isn't the zombies as much as it is the humans, right? Oh, wow. And How you can original. play this one because it's a third-person <laughs> perspective. You can see your character yes, on the screen. Yes. Okay, all right. That's Except, why. anyway, so my dog was... <laughs> Very oh, disappointed so in me the other day. Are you, are you killing so, it for meat? No, but I'm just hungry. It's, no, it's like no. no in the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, you just have to kill it because like it's a survival. Mean, it's a mean dog. Game. So they've like I'm I'm trying to infiltrate the camp of the bad guys, and the bad guys have happened to have trained dogs, and they're like sent hounds and stuff. So, okay. so if you they don't will, kill the dog, they'll ruin they, the game. It'll kill for me. You. It'll come at me, and, and I will be murdered. So um, Nintendo, I heard, is coming out with this thing where it's um it's a it's a uh, a protect hand dog throat oh God, and go. so for their next it's no. all furry oh. it's like a dog's neck <laughs> and so for their next video game you need to strangle the oh, dog right. to death on this dog neck control Stop it, Paul. and you can it's hear and it me. makes noises of the dog choking <laughs> and being sad okay <laughs> Because you have to choke the dog Paul, to death. Nobody likes this. It wants to Nobody's make you feel anymore. something. Paul, catch You're this so bell. desensitized to violence. What if you murder a dog? Catch this bell. Yeah. <laughs> Kirsten James, wow. you're really hungry. Where can we find you on the internet? Oh, food. At a food. <laughs> Looking at food things. Brian. Uh, everywhere. <laughs> Paul? I'm having enchiladas for dinner tonight. I oh, hope you have yeah. something nice for yourself when you get home there. Uh, I'm Webmeister Bun on all socials. This has been the Geek Up Podcast, episode 97. Thank you for listening. Bye! <laughs> She's going to go home and eat hot dogs. Oh, no! Don't even say that! <laughs> the Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner. It doesn't make any sense, though. Yeah, it does. It doesn't make any sense what we said. How how does it not? Between the Stammers is back. COVID-19 shut us down. He wants to make another one. Yeah, can we not? Art Erickson wants to make another one. Let's do another one. This should be the whole... Can only be like we're a little rusty. It can only be like thirty seconds. All right, that's the problem. We're a little rusty. I mean, like, when have we ever done more than one take? Never. Yeah, that's not how we do it. Okay. Well, then let's make this the take. Between the Stammers is back. Everybody get excited. Canucks are going to win the cup. Peace. At thezone.fm/slash/podcast.